The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Being Bumo, a podcast for the modern parent that wants to be the best version of themselves while being the best parents they can be for their kids. We'll be spotlighting parents and experts who are not only inspiring, but also willing to share with us how it really is. Because as we all know, parenting can be equally as rewarding as it is challenging. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. Hi, Boomos. Welcome back to another episode of Being Boomo. Today, I have Grant Hosford, CEO and co-founder of CodeSpark Academy, the number one coding app for kids. And he's also an advisor for Boomo Brain. I've always wondered, can young kids actually learn coding? I've been seeing more and more coding opportunities for kids. So in this episode, we talk about why it's so important more than ever that kids learn coding how it also can benefit them not only in core subjects like reading, math, history, but also in life as well. He shares with us how easily kids can actually learn coding at an early age and why all kids must learn it and the surprising benefits from it. With that said, here's Grant and enjoy our conversation. Hi, Grant. It's so good to see you. Hi. Thank you. It's fun to be here. I'm excited to be chatting with you because just full transparency, Grant is one of our advisors for Bumo Brain and my co-founder, Joan, talks to Grant a lot, but I don't get to talk to you, so I'm quite excited. (laughs) Well, this will be the first of many conversations, I'm sure. Absolutely. So I'm going to start off with a little icebreaker and I'm going to ask you, because I'm personally curious, what was the very first thing that you did today to start off the day? Oh, uh, I got up and I went for a 20 mile bike ride at <gasps> 630 with two friends of mine. Do you do that all the time? I do that three, yeah, three, four days a week. That's incredible. And is that kind yeah. of like your, your way to get your fitness and your kind of love of biking in? It's, it's many things. It is, um, therapy, fitness, um, also I've found, you know, just for myself, the the only way for me to consistently get workouts in is to do them first thing in the day. Otherwise my day just is always too hectic and I feel like I can't pull away. Yeah. And uh, morning, I like mornings. Uh, I like being up when it's quiet and I tend to get a lot done. So it's all of those things. It's a little bit of my guy time too, because I usually ride with at least a handful of friends. That's awesome. I ride, but I ride a Peloton in the morning. So sure. It's not as close to what you get to do, which is, I'm sure, amazing, but that's kind of my way of getting my workout in in the morning as well. Peloton is super cool. I like it. I just, um, when I'm on a, a bike outside, I feel a little bit like a kid, you know? Yeah. Like I've got that freedom. And uh, so, yeah, I do as much outside as I can, but I also ride indoors a fair amount, you know, especially in winter. Awesome. So let's get into it. How did you get into coding? I mean, I feel like everyone is talking about the importance of coding in a child's life now. So I would love to kind of hear the backstory of how you built CodeSpark and how you personally got into coding. Yeah. So maybe I'll start just my personal background, like the super quick version, which is that, you know, I was introduced to coding at age 12 in a way that was very clunky and that wasn't very interesting. And so I thought coding was boring and ended up 
not doing any coding for about 20 years. And then when I was in my 30s, I started working with tech firms and I helped grow several digital businesses in Seattle and LA, started working with developers on a regular basis. And I got to see the cool part of coding, which is you know problem solving and creating, right? And that's really why people code, so they can make stuff and so they can solve problems uh, either in their own life or that they see that you know most people have. So that, you know, I was thinking about, well, what would have gotten me excited about coding when I was a kid? So that was in the back of my head. And then in 2013, my daughters, when they were six and four, asked me how computers work. And I thought that was a really cool question, right? That they were thinking about that. So I went looking for an ABCs of computer science. I assumed that existed uh, in a world run by software. And it didn't exist. And that was really surprising to me. And then I ended up getting obsessed about why it didn't exist. And my next thought was, well, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe young kids can't learn computer science and people have tried and it's a really terrible idea. But it turns out that if you teach the fundamental concepts behind all computer programming languages, often it's called computational thinking, right? So concepts like sequencing, getting things in the right order, concepts like pattern recognition, um, concepts like loops, which is a way to take a chunk of your code and repeat it a set number of times. If you teach kids those things, they can think in really sophisticated ways as, you know, at ages as young as four. And there's good research showing that that's true out of Tufts and MIT. So finding that research was very encouraging for me, and that was the beginning of my journey. So I built a paper prototype of something that I thought would be interesting for kids. I tested it for six months with hundreds of kids and um, probably 50, 60 teachers. Started to feel like I was on to something because they were reacting really positively to probably like the third generation of my paper prototype. <laughs> um, and then I found a co-founder and we built the first digital version and off we went. And did you expect it to be eventually like one of the top coding apps for kids? You know, what's funny is I always believed that we could have a significant impact on education because there was, it, there was such a big hole around this subject. People hadn't tried to teach young kids before. And in my mind, it made perfect sense that you would teach coding the way we teach English and math, and you would break it down and make it fun and make it interesting and let kids gain mastery throughout their entire school career, right? I think one of the mistakes we made in the past is that we reserved coding uh, often only for gifted kids, right? Mm. And and certainly for kids who are much older in high school or, or college. And um, coding is a, it's a literacy, you know, it's a way of problem solving that everyone can tap into. And to be clear, I don't think everyone should grow up and be a programmer. What I think everyone should be able to do is sit down and talk to a programmer about solving problems, mm. right? That is what I think is really important. And then Along with that, I think it's super important that kids look at their smartphones and their tablets and these other devices as tools for solving problems in the world versus tools for watching you know, Netflix all day, right? Yeah, that's actually a great, great valid point because a lot of parents, they have this negative connotation with tablets, with phones, with screen time. So do you feel like 
if a child is taught coding, they will view these these things as tools versus just an entertainment platform? Yeah, I think, yes, we've seen that. So we know that's true, that when you teach kids that they can, you know, create digitally, they want to do it, right? Kids are natural creators. We don't have to teach them to do that. They want to do it. That's why Legos have been so popular for decades, right? right. I was a Lego kid. I love to build with Legos. We're just giving them new tools. And the exciting things about digital tools is that if you do it right, kids' imaginations can really run wild, right? Because they're not bound by the physical nature of typical toys. So I think part of it is helping parents understand that, you know, worlds like Minecraft, for example, really open up creative pathways that are not available to kids in the physical world. Um, And I think if more parents understood that, they would be less worried about the quantity of screen time and more concerned about the quality of screen time. Um, screen time's here to stay in one form or another. You know, I, and to be clear, I limit my own kids' screen time. You know, right. During the week, for example, um, it's pretty limited. But on the weekend, they can kind of do what they want. They're very active kids. I don't worry about their physical health or anything like that. And what I find is that the things they do, because we talk about creating and we talk about, you know, enjoying screen time tends to be focused on making things, right? And that's that's all I care about. I'm Arielle Laurie, host of the Blonde Files podcast, where every Wednesday I cover all things wellness. After nearly dying from drugs and alcohol six years ago, I've been on a mission to live my best, most fulfilled life, and I'm sharing everything with you. From how to achieve optimal health, well-being, and fulfillment, to the best beauty tips and even cosmetic procedures, I cover it all with raw, candid conversations with experts and inspirational guests. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. So what I'm getting at is that coding, it ignites a love for creating, right? And it allows kids to problem solve. And that's why it's so important for them to learn coding at an early age. Well, I would say done right. I think done there's right. a lot okay. of misperceptions about coding. There's a lot of people who want to take the way we teach codings to, to adults and just jam that down into you know what kids do at age five. That is 100% the wrong way to teach coding to kids. So what is so the main have, difference of teaching an adult coding versus teaching a kid coding? So typically, look... To be honest, everyone should probably start the same way. It's just maybe a little more difficult to convince adults that they should start with block-based coding Mm -hmm. that doesn't look like the text-based coding we've been taught is the root of all coding, right? But there's different languages for different purposes. And if you think about coding and coding languages, they're like telescopes for an astronomer. There's different ones for different purposes. And learning how to use one is great, but it doesn't mean you know everything there is about the subject, right? And so what you really want to do is focus on fundamental concepts, which is what we do, build knowledge around those concepts, and then start to explore these more specialized languages. You know, and some are better for beginners than others, like Python and JavaScript, for example. But ideally, the way everyone would learn coding in the world would be to start with a words-free solution like CodeSpark, move into something that's a combination of images and words like Scratch, and then 
you know, at that point, start to work with either JavaScript or Python or Swift, one of the great beginner languages. And that would actually build the best coders. And, and again, it's not me saying this. There's really good research now that shows that the best of the new generation of coders have come through this process and they have super solid understanding of the fundamentals. Actually, one of our classes, as you know, um, our coding class for Bumo Brain was really inspired by you and CodeSpark because in the beginning, you know, honestly, I have to be, you know, really honest. I wasn't sure if someone as young as a three-year-old could really understand what was going on or a five-year-old, right? And so I actually had one of my daughters take the class and they really break it down for you. And I was like, okay, a lot of people have this idea in their head of how complicated coding can be. But when I yep. sat down in that class, I was like, if we started from the fundamentals and everyone learned the, learned the fundamentals, everyone can actually learn how to code, right? Totally. Yeah. It's very similar to math, right? Like um, everyone can count, right? And is counting part of math? Of course, Yeah. right? It's not the most sophisticated part of math, but it's the fundamentals, you know, building block at the beginning of math. And that's the way we approach coding. And it turns out what's interesting about kids is that we often, I think, underestimate them. I mean, they are little learning machines, right? Yeah. And their brain is built to learn. The thing is, they learn differently than adults. They grab onto things. And as everyone knows, they love to repeat stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyone who has a kid knows that whatever the favorite thing is right now, you're going to hear that 7,000 times and it's going <laughs> to drive you crazy. But that's part of their process, right? That's how they internalize it. And so when we teach concepts in CodeSpark Academy, we let them do that. We, we only teach them one concept at a time. We let them really master it and feel comfortable with it before they move on. And we make sure we're really careful about how we scaffold one concept on top of the other. Mm, I see. Are there any cool stories that you could tell me about any of your students that have like been able to create something really cool? Well, one of the things I love is the fact that they learn from each other. Mm. So this is a little bit different than what you asked, but I think it's, it's cool. So there was a girl in Japan who figured out that if she stacked blocks on top of each other and then used the combination of a disappear, reappear command and a timer, she could make basically a functioning elevator inside of the video games that she was building. And she published that game on a Tuesday, right? And by the that Friday, just four days later, we had over 8,000 games with elevators. So oh, wow. um, on our platform, kids can play other kids' creations, and then they can do what's called remix them. And then if so, if I remix it, I get a copy for myself. And not only can I go in and look at the design, but I can also see the code. And so that's one of the things that I think is the coolest thing we do, which is let kids learn from kids. And that must have been exhilarating for her, for her to see so many people use her kind of creation, yeah. right? Yeah, well, it was cool. We, we actually sent her a t-shirt and some other stuff, which, which she was super excited about. But the kids know if their game is being remixed because we give credit to the original creator. Mm. And so the fact that her game had something like 50,000 likes and, you know, 8,000 remixes uh, was really exciting for her and super um, encouraging. And so she went on to be one of our best creators. And I do know that she's now studying like higher level programming languages as an older kid, because this was probably three years ago. 
Oh, wow. That's incredible. And it probably gives, teaches them confidence as well, like instills that kind of belief that they can do it, right? That Well, well, that's spot on. And honestly, that gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. That's one of our primary goals is to help kids feel like coding and, and more broadly speaking, computer science is for them. Uh, girls in particular are often kind of discouraged from following computer science, whereas boys generally are encouraged. So we've tried to be super encouraging throughout the app. As a result, we have an even number of boys and girls who play, which we think is really cool because we have you know over 3 million users a month worldwide. But we're trying to build that confidence and that interest so they keep going. Um, and that's honestly just as important as building knowledge. It's not more important, but it's like a very close second because if they're not motivated, they'll, they'll give it up and they'll move on to other things. I think that's also really important to, to talk about because it kind of leads into the subject of like gender equality, right? You see a lot of computer science engineers that are male. And so a lot of these girls that might be interested in coding, they're like, well, is it for me? I don't know. So I think that's really cool that you have an even number of boys and girls because it's simply like my daughter, who's as young as she's almost six, but looking up to someone that's a little older being like, oh, if she could do that, then I can do that too. She's a girl, I'm a girl. So I think that's really cool that, that you guys are pushing that angle as well. Thank you. And yeah, we're firm believers in the idea that if you can see it, you can be it, right? Yeah. It really matters to have role models. But it also matters that, you know, if they get to middle school and they have kind of a knucklehead teacher who discourages them from doing computer science, they can just say, hey, I've been coding for five years. I know mm-hmm. I'm a coder, like, forget it. I'm, I'm doing it, you know? And I think that's just as important because the reality is we're not going to change those structural inequalities without some, you know, girls and eventually women saying, you know what, I'm going for it anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what begins to turn the tide and change these structural uh, inequalities that have been built up over time. Um, Absolutely. Girls are amazing coders, by the way. Uh, like sometimes, you know, people argue with me about that. There is, you know, irrefutable evidence and research that girls are equally as good a coders as boys. And in fact, in, on many, you know, uh, measurable outcomes, they're better. Mm. Right. So it's just that they're interested in solving different problems and they're generally interested in working in teams, which is how most real world coding is done. Mm. You know, the media portrays coding as like the person with a hoodie on down in their basement drinking Mountain Dew. And that's not coding. That's, you know, I have this amazing team that's super social that all, you know, shares notes every day, that's sharing strategy every day. Nobody does anything on their own. That's yeah. just not how the real world works. So uh, girls are built for that. And, um, and honestly, sometimes boys have to learn those skills to compete. That's, that's really awesome. How would you say that coding can support and help with other kind of core subjects like English and math? And I, I yeah. think I could see obviously the correlation with math, but how about something yeah. like English and language and all of that? Yeah, so that's maybe one of the coolest things that I learned when I dug into the research about computer science education and and what's core to it, right? So if you think about a skill like sequencing, which is basically understanding the order things go in, being able to consistently look at a series of actions and put them in the order that makes sense, that's a fundamental skill for math, for reading comprehension, understanding history. It's actually super fundamental to, you know, 
many subjects, but the two, you know, that are most direct are reading comprehension and math. The other thing is um, the study of coding is very tied to things that we call executive functioning skills, which have gotten a lot of press recently because they having good executive functioning skills actually is more determinative of your future success as an adult than knowledge in core subjects. And those skills are things like impulse control, communication skills, teamwork, right? And coding supports all of those. And so you get uh, benefit in various subjects in a variety of ways. The other thing that we think is really important is that, especially for young kids, we don't believe coding should be learned in a silo. So like on our app, you can build video games and stories, for example. And kids are now using the story builder function in schools to do book reports and to do social studies reports, right? And so coding becomes a way to just create something that helps them do something that would have been, you know, a written essay or some other format four or five years ago. Um, and, and we love that because we're not trying to replace writing. We just want to be a, another option, right? And so I think those two things together are really important. This idea that, yes, it does support core subjects. And two, it's just another cool way for students to do projects. Yeah. And I'm realizing that more and more schools are offering coding now. Whereas yeah. when we were in school, when I was in school, that was not even like, what? Coding? What is that? Right? Like no yeah. one even knew what it was. And so I think it's really amazing that people are realizing the benefits from it, um, and especially schools itself as well. But obviously, the difference is that they're probably learning it in like a big group versus like with CodeSpark, it's more individualized and more creative, correct? Yeah, I mean, they're doing both. We, we have literally millions of students uh, around the world using CodeSpark in schools, and that you can also use it at home. What's really important about what you just said to me is that this is a global movement that's fairly unprecedented. So computer science now has been added at a, as a mandatory K through 12 subject in 44 countries. And that's basically all of the most developed countries. So we're talking China, Japan, South Korea, France, Italy, all the Scandinavian countries, UK, Iceland, et cetera, right? And why is that? It's because people are recognizing that all companies are tech companies now. Software touches everything we do. And it's just a literacy that kids need to be exposed to. And it's a form of self-expression that kids need to be exposed to. And just like we don't expect all kids to grow up and be poet laureates or, or you know, professional mathematicians, we don't expect all kids who do coding to be coders, right? We just expect them to take a tool set of problem-solving skills from that experience and be able to apply it later in life. Absolutely. And you're also kind of going more into your personal life. You're also a father of three. Is it three kids? Three kids. Yeah, uh -huh. I have two girls and a boy. My boy is a freshman in, in college, which means he's uh, living in student housing, doing online courses uh, in San Luis Obispo. And then my daughters are middle schoolers here in La Cunada. Awesome. And have they all been exposed to coding and CodeSpark, all things CodeSpark? Yeah, my daughters uh, were the inspiration for CodeSpark. Mm. And actually, if you, uh, you can't, you know, this is a podcast, so you can't see anything, but they were the inspiration for two of the main characters as well in the 
app. And, you know, it started all with their question about how computers work. And they were what we called our CTOs, our chief testing officers Ah. (laughs) for several years. Uh, And they're very different in what they like. So when something worked for both of them, we knew we were generally on the right track. And they've continued to do some coding uh, as they've gotten older. That's incredible. So on another note, like how has it been kind of working from home, like building Coastboard? Because are you guys working from home uh, as a company? I am working in our kitchen. In fact, my daughter is trying to make toast right now. So <laughs> if you hear something pop in the background, that's why. Um, we went virtual March 13th. Originally, that date was supposed to be a practice run at of you know doing things virtual for our company. And then it became clear that the pandemic was accelerating and we should just you know, make it official. So we've, you know, we're going to be virtual for the foreseeable future. It's challenging. You know, there's four of us doing Zoom all day. Mm -hmm. Um, We have two dogs, including a COVID puppy who's a little bit crazy. And, you know, you'll be on a call and the puppy will jump up on you or, you know, someone's trying to make lunch in the background or whatever it is. But the thing that I've liked about it, like, you know, look, it's been challenging for everybody, but it has been really nice to spend time together. The other thing is it's made Zoom and some of these other ways of communicating with people more um, human, I would say, yeah. right? Nobody worries if the baby pops up in the background. Yeah. Nobody worries if the dog is barking in the background. I think we used to all get so wound up about that kind of stuff and we expected you know, the office to be perfectly replicated with, you know, people working at home. And that's a crazy expectation. Yeah, but no, I agree. I think everyone has realized that we're all human. We all have our situations and, you know, it's just life and we still have to get things done and it's just more forgiving. So, yeah. Yeah. And we've tried to make the best of it. Like we drove up to Washington state for a month and we worked out of a family cabin that's frankly pretty cramped, but it had Wi-Fi, and it was really fun. You know, we were a little bit on top of each other, but we, it was a great (laughs) change of pace. We got to visit my parents who we haven't seen for quite a while because of COVID and we got to see my brother. And so, you know, you just, you make the best of it. We, and you'll never hear me complain. We're super fortunate. We live up in the hills, we can get out for walks and things. I really feel for people who are stuck in smaller spaces or are in, you know, really crowded urban environments or live on the 20th floor of a building and have to navigate elevators. I mean, it's a crazy world right now. So it's yeah. really tough. Yeah, it really is. Where can they find you? Where can they find CodeSpark? Like if they want to learn more about it, is, are yeah. you guys on social? Are you guys, do you guys have a website that they could check out? Yeah. So codespark.com, super easy. You can purchase on the website. You can go to the iOS app store. You can go to the Google play app store, and you can go to the Amazon app store. We're on pretty much every platform. Probably the easiest is just to go to the website because that has links to everything that you would want. Gives you some more background about CodeSpark Academy, our app. We are on, you know, Twitter and Facebook as well. And you can, you know, if you just search CodeSpark, we'll come up. I think our Twitter handle is at CodeSpark app. So, you know, thank you so much for having me. It's yeah. really nice to chat with you. It was nice uh, to appreciate chat with it. you as well. Thank you so yeah. much. And we will talk soon. All right. Thank okay. you. Bye. Bye. I 
I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you liked it, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It really is the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more of us, head over to our Instagram and follow us there at Bumo Parent. And to learn more about Bumo Brain Virtual School, follow us at Bumo Brain or head over to bumobrain.com. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you guys next week.